Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Chalk Talk. I'm your host, Taylor Davis, joined by McKenna Kelly, here to talk all things gymnastics. McKenna and I have a great show for you today. We have a few different storylines we're going to touch on, and then we are going to get back to our meat of the week recaps. It is time to talk about Cal, and we are recapping Cal versus Stanford. So really excited to give you that analysis. And then we have the perfect guest to cap things off. We have Cal gymnast Kiana George, who will join us to give a little insight into this Cal program, which, spoiler alert, really impressed me. So it's going to be a great episode. McKenna, we didn't really get to catch up a ton on the last episode because obviously there were bigger issues at hand but how's everything going how's the gym how are the kiddos what's up it's so sweet that you asked thank you for asking um it's (laughs) fine I I feel like my life's pretty boring over here I feel like things are more routine um you know we're wearing a mask we're doing what we can that's all we can do um but the kids are good life is as good as it can be yeah all good over here good Glad to hear it. I know that every day we're all kind of holding our breath in a little uh, sense of the way because there's still a lot of decisions that are coming out. Football programs are making decisions right now, basketball. So it's just we're not entirely sure what the the landscape for sports looks like right now, but you just put one foot in front of the other and and try and keep moving forward. So glad to hear things are going well so far. Well, I want to dive into a couple stories, but First of all, I just want to mention, I'm going to shameless plug our last episode, just in case anyone missed it, (laughs) because I feel like it deserves another promotion. McKenna and I were so, so lucky to have one of the directors of the Netflix documentary, Athlete A, John Shank, join us on the last episode. We did an in-depth, really raw discussion about the problems within USAG, within the world of gymnastics, and, and John gave some really great takes and opinions from the the position that he has been in for the past several years creating this documentary. So if anyone didn't catch that episode yet, highly recommend you go back and do it. But one thing that he did say that I wanted to bring back to light was that, you know, his hope for this documentary was that it it wouldn't just stop with, you know, dismantling the issues within USAG. He wanted this to make international change and that other programs across the globe would know that that they're under scrutiny and that people are paying attention and that victims will be listened to and believed and that it's a safer place and what he said he wanted is absolutely coming to fruition right now there are so many programs across the world right now that are now under investigation Uh, Their programs are under investigation. Their coaches, athletes are coming forward, sharing their stories. So um, I just think that it's it's incredibly special that Athlete A is having a global impact and hopefully the entire sport will be better for it. But I actually wanted to ask you, McKenna, just in light of everything that is now, you know, so public, do you anticipate an increase in gymnasts because parents and and athletes feel that that kind of stuff isn't going to be tolerated anymore? Or do you think it will decline because there's fear now? Yeah. Um, I think 
I think it may just be more of a cautious process. I, I don't think it's going to be, you know, the little girl run or little boy runs up to mom and dad and says, I want to do gymnastics. And they're like, okay, like, let's find a, like, I think it's going to, you know, the, the parents are probably going to take into consideration where they're putting their child, you know, looking more in, and I'm sure, I'm sure parents do this anyway, but you know, I think there's going to be more of a thought process behind behind it, you know, well, you know, what are these coaches like? What is their reputation? You know, are they successful? How are they successful? What's their culture like? I think there's going to be more of those thoughts. I mean, of course, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak and say that I know what parents think when their kid says they want to do something. I don't know. Um, but I'd imagine that they, I'm not sure if it's an unfortunate thing that they have to think about those things, or if it's a better thing that they have to think about those things. You know, they know they're putting their child in safe hands, but at the same time, it's like, we should trust that. We should be able to trust the system. And right now the system has failed us and we're, we're trying to rebuild that. We're trying to gain that trust back in the sport and in the culture of gymnastics in itself. So I'm not really sure about a decline or an increase. I think it's just going to be more, more cautious in proceeding towards, um, towards the sport. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a really great point. I would not be surprised if... It, down the road, I don't think it's going to be an immediate change, but I would not be surprised if a little bit down the road, there is an increase in people participating because I think we feel like we're talking more. And if we're talking more, then we're more educated. Yeah. I think the thing with gymnastics is so many parents, unless, you know, it's a situation like you where your mom was a gymnast, she knew the world, she knew, you know, the ins and outs of it and could accurately identify things that were happening to her daughter a lot of parents feel like they're so out of their element yeah. because this was a world that was kept kind of secret like you felt like it was this exclusive club and if you didn't if you didn't have a history in it you couldn't be a part of it and I think that's being eliminated I think parents are going to have more say so I think parents will have more of an opportunity to interact with the coaches more they're going to have to or else the sport is going to substantially decline and that's not what we want because ultimately this sport does bring a lot of good and it can do a lot of really great things for athletes. I've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. It develops these characteristics in you as a person that are so positive, but the the culture and the world in which it's living has to improve. And I think because it's been put on a platform like this, those kinks will be ironed out in time and therefore it will feel like a safer place to put your children. At least that's that's my hope in the long term. But once again, just wanted to point everyone to that episode if if you didn't catch it because it was pretty awesome okay the other couple of storylines that I wanted to mention obviously you know life is still weird and confusing but we have to proceed in hopes that by 2021 things are going to be better so USA Gymnastics has announced that the U.S. Olympic team trials will be held June 24th through 27th in St. Louis, Missouri. So we have a date, we have a timeline, we have a place, we have details, which is great. It's just still so weird to think that, I mean, not to be a Debbie Downer, but there's a possibility that that won't happen either. Yeah. I mean, I just, when all of this started in March, if you had told me that we would still be dealing with it by football season, I wouldn't have believed you. So at this point, I'm like, we need to be realistic about the possibility that 2021 might not be normal either. 
But, you know, I'm going to choose to believe that it will. And so we'll be watching Team Trials in June. And, and that's exciting. I feel like Olympic Trials is always in Missouri. Oh, my gosh. Can we put else? I'm tired of the family. I'm tired of it. I'm just really excited because, obviously, if gymnastics is back, that's yeah. awesome. But it's going to be so interesting because girls that were. I know not able you know exactly what I'm about to say girls that were not even a consideration this past year will be on the floor at Olympic trials come June it's not like like the decision was easy in the first place and now you're adding kids it's just yeah I was actually talking about this to some of my gymnasts the other day so that's why I like already knew what you were talking about because I I thought about it too it's so yeah it's made it so much harder but so much more fun for us spectators to watch (laughs) It really is. Okay, I have a couple NCAA gymnast news and notes that I want to run through. One is a transfer for Arkansas that I actually think is a really good get. Mm -hmm. Michigan graduate Maggie O'Hara has one more year of eligibility and she is headed to Fayetteville. So obviously we recently recapped Michigan. So we've talked about Maggie O'Hara. She really was great for them, especially on bars and beam, but she did train floor during her collegiate career kind of sporadically. But we know Arkansas is a program that is ready to gain some traction, bringing in Jordan Weaver, bringing in Felicia Hano to the coaching staff recently. They are ready to build this program and they should because they have the resources. They're in the SEC. Fayetteville is great. Recruiting should be effective. I really think that this is a program that we're going to want to watch. And somebody like Maggie bringing in a a grad transfer like that is so beneficial because they have competition experience. They aren't, the jitters are kind of worked out. They, they're a well-oiled machine. Having a veteran like that for a program like Arkansas, I really think this is once again, just a step in that direction that they want to head. Absolutely. I think this is really, really good for them. Um, And it's not like, like Michigan has been national championship contender teams and Maggie's been not only a part of those teams, but has contributed to those scores on this team. So not only does she know personally how to get there as an athlete, but I also think It's really good that kind of all of the girls at Arkansas, everyone's still trying to get used to this new culture. So it's not like Maggie's trying to jump into things and she's going to try to have to learn the culture on her own. Like they're going to have to do that together as a team. And I think that is, has more power to them, um, you know, going forward and building off of that, that they're all going to be learning together versus one person trying to catch up, right? They're going to kind of figure it out and make it their own, um, which I think Maggie will be a huge help in the leadership department. I'm really excited to see this Arkansas program kind of take shape and mm-hmm. and take a new shape with somebody like Jordan at the helm and and bringing in girls like this that you anticipate will contribute very early. I just think it's going to be a, a really good recipe in Fayetteville. Agreed. A couple other things I want to mention, and I think this might trigger McKenna a little bit, but a few sixth years have been approved. No, you did God. not hear that incorrectly, people. Six wow, these girls are just made of dynamite, I guess, because I don't know how they are still enduring a gymnastics career. But Oregon State gymnast Lacey Dagan has been granted a sixth year of eligibility. UCLA's Nikki Shapiro has been granted a sixth year of eligibility. And Minnesota's Mary Corlin Downs has been granted a sixth year of eligibility. And listen, all three of these girls are very known names. Yeah, I mean, 
my hat's off to them, but mm-hmm. I wanted to get McKenna's opinion because McKenna, you didn't even opt for a fifth year. So no. I wanted to get your take on uh, how these girls do a sixth year. Let me just start by saying today at work, I tried to do a standing back tuck and I, and I did it fine, but mid air, I'm like, I don't know if I'll make this. I, I mean, I was fine. <laughs> I just cannot, I don't know how they're doing this. And, and it's nothing to do with the girl, like Lacey Dagan. I, I think, I, th- I want to say she's the same age as me. She's either a year younger, maybe older. I don't know, whatever. I, she was in college when I was in college. And I remember yeah. um, watching her up and coming. I thought she was such a beautiful gymnast. I felt like I kind of related to her in terms of how strong she was. And so she was fun to watch. Um, and I remember just her having knee surgery after knee surgery and, and at Florida. And she just could never get that career that she is so capable of having. And I know she's just heartbroken, like so much heartbreak for her in this gymnastics career in college. And so this six year, like I'm rooting for her. I know she transferred Oregon state maybe one or two years ago and she's with her sister and me being super close to my sisters. I know that girl is thriving there with her sister. Um, And I, I hope for the best for her. I want her to be able to end on a good note. I just cannot physically imagine my body (laughs) for that long. Like, I always joke with people, like, when I first announced I wasn't doing a fifth year, so many people were like, well, why? And I'm like, my my body tried tapping out year three. Why would I, right. why would I try to have a fifth year? No, but I really, I felt very at peace. And if they feel like they have something left to still give, if they look back and be like, man, I wish I would have taken that, then this is their shot to say yes. So to me, for myself, speaking for myself, absolutely not. But look, I'll be your hype girl. Good for you. And I, I hope for the best for all three of those girls. Oh, totally. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And they are certainly troopers and you just got to listen to your body. And if you feel like there's more gas in the tank, then freaking go for it. But honestly, I'm, I'm not surprised that there's already three six years that have been approved. I mean, I think majority of the seniors across the country, if there was any, like if they had had any kind of medical redshirt or any possibility of a six year, they would be going for it because the way that these careers had to end this past season is not fitting well with a lot of them. And, and, and that's certainly something that is understandable. And so I think any seniors that had the opportunity of a six year are like, you know what, I'd rather be able to write the end in a better way, especially if their body feels capable. So I am not surprised, but certainly uh, just kudos to you because I, I can barely do a freaking round off these days, but anyway. Okay. Well, we are going to get into our recap and talk about Cal. I am really excited to talk about this program. I think honestly, what's been interesting to me, the latter half of the top 10 recaps that we've been doing have been more impressive to me than the top five. Yeah. I think it may be because not that I don't have expectations for programs like Cal or or Alabama, but it's just not, I guess, the same as what you expect to see from Oklahoma and Florida. And a lot of it has to do with the scores that they put up mm-hmm. and don't even get me started because the scores in this meet were BS. Oh, but dude. Okay, great. But so I think expectation has a lot to do with it, but I'm telling you like this program to me, I just, I was so impressed. So another team that I'm very disappointed we did not get to see in postseason. So let's take this thing 
apparatus by apparatus like we always do. McKenna will give a little analysis. I'll give a quip or two because I can't keep my mouth shut. And we'll go from there. So let's start on vault. Um, quickly, I just want to recap what you were saying about the, the upper half of, of the top 10 and lower half. I feel like it's kind of tricky because the, the top five, their talent, you can't argue with it. You know, the talent, right. the talent level versus the top five versus the talent level versus the, the bottom half, there, there's no arguing. Like, I'm, of course, I think of my own team. We, we bring the difficulty, especially on floor. We have those e-passes. You're going to see more one right. faults. But you, like, the grit, the energy, the spunk, the personality from those lower five teams is so much more there. So I think it's a whole kind of, array of like you said like that bias that judging bias so oh we already know totally. we're in the top five so let's just go ahead and score like no like you really need to look at gymnastics for gymnastics because I think the I think the top 10 would look completely different if that were the case yep. so just wanted to say that quickly before we jump into vault but yeah so we're recapping Cal versus Stanford but we start off with Maya Bordas 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 let me just let me just put this out here these girls have names that I'm going to butcher and I want to apologize. I did the best disclaimer. I with, yeah, disclaimer. I did the best I could with like <laughs> things out like for, for dummies, right? So just just hear me out, guys. I'm human. Anyway, <laughs> up with I, I thought it was a decent Yurchenko fool. Like it was fine. I, I didn't I didn't think it was anything spectacular. It was good form. It was a good place to start. Um, knowing again, we talk about this all the time, the strategy of, you know, the one through six, you're going to start with someone who is a good base, who is a good foundation. And I think that was Maya for them. Then we have our guest who we'll be talking to later, Kiana George. She had a great full, super aggressive in her run. Um, she had great form and, and a really, really great landing. Then we had Milan Klossy. She had an okay one and a half. She locked her legs out in her hurdle. So if, if you're a gymnast, you know what I'm talking about, that hurdle onto, um, the hand pad for the round off in the, in the entry of her Yurchenko. She locked her legs out, which is going to throw your energy backwards, which is going to make you topple on top of your hands. You're going to be off on the board, um, which essentially did throw off her entry, and she threw her head a little bit off the table. So if you if you start out wrong, you're going to have to compensate later on in in the gymnastics itself, and, and we saw that from Milan. But you can tell she's a veteran. You can tell she knows her body, knows how to work this fault, um, and she was able to make it work, not her best. Um, we had Nevea de Souza, I believe that's how they say it. Nevea de Souza, great potential here. Um, I thought she had really yeah. good amplitude and height and form. I figured more experience would allow for a better landing. She had a bit of a pretty big hop there, um, but it, it was very nice. Then we had Rachel Mastrangelo. I think that's correct. Barely, she barely got a block. I was not expecting as big as a one and a half that she had. Um, she had great control on her landing, though, and you, you don't see that often in college. You know, you often see, you know, the gymnast throwing your head back really crazy, trying to jump around and cover up the mistake. But I really, I really enjoyed seeing the control, even even though she took a step. I really liked seeing how controlled that was. And I actually think there would be less deduction for that versus her trying to cover it up. Um, mm -hmm. And then they anchored with Grace Quinn who had a very massive and powerful fool. You can see, if you guys rewatched it, and they showed a certain angle, you can see her feet. They, they don't hit the board exactly. They hit kind of that that outskirt of the mat, which is what we call the zone, or at least that's the, the excuse me, the vocab we use in my gym. She hit the zone, um, the padding around the board, uh, which can definitely throw off the vault. You can tell, and, and Grace has an elite background. Um, Grace is definitely capable of a stronger vault, but the commentators 
had been mentioning um, she'd come back from an, not only one surgery, but two, an elbow and an ankle surgery. Um, so her body has quite been through the ringer. But um, so all in all, I was not impressed with the, with Vault. I, 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 I'd never watched Cal before and watching this, I was thinking this, this is, this is a rough start for them. This is not, yeah. um, I'm very, I'm not impressed, but then they went to bars and holy smokes, holy smokes. I mean, they, they stole the show on bars. Yep. Once again, this very closely to Alabama bars and beam I was very impressed. Vault yeah. and floor, I, I kind of fell off. But bars was so strong that I was, like, flabbergasted. The only reason I wasn't as turned off from vault as it sounds like you were is because they casually just threw in there, the analyst did in the first rotation, that, like, half of the team had had the flu the week prior. Yeah. yeah. Um. Like, okay, that's like a casual little quip you want to throw in there. I mean, you you know better than I do in ap- events like vault and floor, if your stamina and your power is compromised, oh, yeah. then that's really going to show itself there. And so I kind of I kind of gave them a little bit of understanding on that. Also, this was only like week three of the season. This yeah. was their first home meet. And I don't think landing stuck landings were necessarily the goal in this one. That's it true. seemed very approved for them to take a hop on the landing. No one was really fighting for a stick. And so I think it was just a showcase of what, what time of the season we were in and, and kind of what the focus was. And so that's kind of what I expected, I guess. I'm glad you brought up the flu thing because I actually didn't hear that till later in in the commentary I missed that for whatever reason so I'm while I'm reading my notes I'm reliving those emotions that I was feeling and wasn't realizing (laughs) that they literally were recovering from the flu so that's definitely going to affect your stamina but moving on to bars I just want to note before we even get into this they are ranked they were ranked sixth in the nation six in the NCAA on bars so let me just put that out there before we even get started that's insane. That's how good they are. So we start off with Nevea. She had a beautiful piked Jaeger to bail, a huge floaty dismount. And I'm thinking, this is who they're starting with? Like, it gets yep. better? Like, okay. It's the same vibe from Alabama. Um, right. We had Kiana up. Great routine. She was very patient with each handstand and skill. I want to note that she doesn't do a straddle cast handstand. She, you'll notice she keeps her legs together the whole time, which is yep. much harder um, to do. So that was, I thought, I liked the uniqueness of that. And I loved her dismount. Very, very floaty from her as well. Then we had Alma Cook. Um, I wrote, OMG, her handstands I could watch on repeat. It was stunning. I mean, you could see each part of the handstand, her toe point. I mean, she landed on top of the bar, and that bar would, like, bounce. Her handstand was so, so clean. Um, And then I wrote, all of these dismounts are stunning. So far that they've only done, you know, full ins, but... All of them had great tap, huge height, and so, so, it was just so good. They've all been fabulous at this point. Then we had Nina Shank. I wrote, holy wow, those handstands. Her Jaeger to bail was so fluid, and she had incredible form throughout. I mean, at this point, I'm like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, they are so good. <laughs> um, fifth up was Emmy Watterson. She had a very unique and difficult routine. Um, again, with the handstands. Loved, loved, loved it. Um, I loved seeing her Shaposh half. Um, she had a great blind fool to double to end. 
Um, and then we end with Maya, um, a huge straddle Jaeger to incredible, or to nice bail. Repet a little bit repetitive, I think, within the lineup so far. Um, but but at the same time, I felt like I was watching a different routine because everyone had yeah. different styles. I remember when we watched Michigan, Taylor, you and I were like, oh my gosh, this is the same routine I'm watching over and over and over again. Yeah. But I didn't feel that way. Like I could obviously, I obviously noticed I'm seeing the same skills, but they each had their own flair and they each did it differently. And so I like could appreciate the style. Um, but right after bars, I wrote so far, I love the energy of this team. They know who they are and they know where they stand. They're not trying too hard. They're not trying to be someone or something that they're not. You can tell that their overall goal is just to get better. And I, you can only respect someone who knows themselves. Like that is so strong because I think in life, we are all just trying to figure out who the heck we are, who the heck we want to be, what we want to do. And you could tell this team they knew, they know their identity. They know who they are. They're not trying to be, you know, in Oklahoma. They're trying to be the best cow they can be. And I think that really came yeah. out on bars. I completely agree with you. I thought this bars lineup was so impressive. I totally agree that you did see comparable skills from routine to routine, but they were executed differently in yeah. a way. All yeah. great, yeah. but you didn't feel like it was, it was just repetition of like robots doing the same routine mm -hmm. over and over Alma Cook's routine, I literally put, this is textbook bars. Yeah, like, she, yeah. every single bit of her execution and her form, like, you can just tell, like, her foundation on bars is so solid that mm -hmm. it's just, it. she doesn't know how to perform bars poorly. Yeah, like, she just, yeah. it's innate in her. They yeah. also mentioned that she was on the Poland national yeah. team, yeah. so she has you know, a really great background, but I just was so impressed with her and, and Kiana as well. I mean, her legs never separated yeah. except for that Takacha, which was beautiful. And you could tell that they focus on the details. Yes, I thought the exact same thing. I, especially yeah. their landings, they fought for yep. everything. They were, they cared about landing and feeling the floor and absorbing that before rushing to quickly try to get to that arch college finish that I could never do. Like that's, that's what <laughs> you appreciate though because those things add up and like you said like their attention to those landings was so impressive and so huge you could like those little things it means they care they care you know right. it's not like I'm just gonna run like you said you were so spot on I'm, I'm just glad you brought that up because I, I felt the exact same way moving on to beam uh, I, I really enjoyed this one. I thought that, you know, oftentimes, like I say, I love when a team performs beam and there's a performance factor to it. Yeah. And I felt like several of these girls made sure to do that. Oh, absolutely. We start off with Talitha Jones. Her split, okay, she did a wolf turn, which was cool, but she did a split out of it on the beam. I loved that. I love the uniqueness that girls bring, especially in artistry. I think it's very, very cool. It sets you apart for sure and it makes you memorable. Um, she had a very difficult front aerial to flick lay. That's not really a combination you see in college because it's a bit risky. Um, she had a beat jump to a double stag, another cool, unique combination. Great control on her side aerial full dismount. I thought they had a great start. Then we had Nevea up. She was very confident. You can tell she really worked mm -hmm. the mental aspect of being. Her confidence, I thought, spoke volumes. You could tell that she does mental sets. She works her like choreography and her keywords for each skill on the floor. Um, I feel like you can always kind of, at least to, you know, a gymnast watching a gymnast, I can kind of tell, and I guess being a coach too, I can see how connected and how mental, how much mental training that gymnast does. And I feel like Nevaeh really did that. They actually, the commentators had mentioned 
her favorite event is being because she loves the challenge. And I thought that was such a cool perspective to have because so many gymnasts, that's their weakest event. They're afraid of being that, you know, they, they let that fear factor kind of get to them. And I love that she took it on as a challenge. I thought that that was a really cool thing. I actually took note of that as a coach. Um, I thought she had a beautiful front aerial, small wobble on her series, um, a stunning floaty dismount. I wrote, these girls know how to land. They're very patient and they don't fight the floor. Um, Milan was up. She was a little rushed. She had a very powerful style. I loved her solid series. And I love when, I love she smiled after it. She knew she had it. She knew how <laughs> on she was. Um, I know I, I can always appreciate a smile, especially to a girl on beam because she knows she's that good. Good for her. Um, she was a little small on her switch side, but she finished off her routine really well. Then we have up next, Kiana. She had a tricky series, a front aerial to, to back tuck. Now that's really tricky because those are two flightless skills, right? So you're not ever touching the beam with your hands. So your control and your center of gravity has to be square over the beam. And if you're just a little off on that first skill, that first front aerial, you can't connect that back tuck. You don't connect that back tuck, you're out of a series and you don't have one of your skill requirements. So for her to be able to not only do that, but to have it consistently and be able to compete that, that's really impressive. Um, she did a double wolf turn. The commentators noted that back in her J.O. career, she did a triple wolf turn that Sarah Finnegan also did. But um, because she did it at the national championship in level 10, she got it named after her. So it's called the George now. Um, but that was a triple. She only competed a double, which was cool and unique. And I loved it. Um, she was a little short on her switch leap, um, a little off on her dismount, but she made it work. Then we had Maya up and she was fierce I love I love that she saluted to the judge and immediately hopped on the beam like you know some gymnasts will salute they'll like take a deep breath they'll like say one more thing to themselves so like look at the beam or something you know she saluted and just walked and went straight on and I love that I thought it was really <laughs> you get that that's just who she is as a gymnast I thought that was cool to see right she had a beautiful flick lay um she went switch leap to split jump floaty beautiful side aerial and she finished with a beautiful gainer full off the side of the beam I wrote I love her style on the beam um, Emmy with a really cool mount anchoring for the cow bears, uh, double wolf turn from her as well. I thought that was kind of unique to see in the same lineup, um, front aerial to beat jump, small form issues on her flip lay, a little bit of knees and feet I saw, um, but she finished with a solid side aerial full. Again, I thought we're kind of seeing the same skills, maybe in a different order, maybe connected to something else, but Overall, I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe some differences, some different skills in there, but what they did was awesome, and I love their confidence, their choreography, their attention to those details. I agree. I really liked the performance. I've said this about several girls before, but the chin up and mm-hmm. just the shoulders back and like looking like you're not fearful because yeah. as a viewer, you can feel when someone's nervous. Absolutely. I actually felt like Emmy Watterson in the anchor seemed nervous and I, I took that on. So a lot of them though, they did seem very comfortable up there. And the analyst said something that I thought was a really great point. She said, Really great beam workers, even when they're not perfect, they don't overreact. Yeah. And I thought that was a really good point because this this rotation, this lineup, it wasn't without its flaws. There were some balance checks. There were some wobbles, but no one overreacted. If they were a little off, they corrected it. It was like yep. they weren't afraid of imperfection. You have to trust yourself and trust your abilities and know if imperfection showcases itself, I know how to handle it. And I thought that that's what this team did really, really well. So 
I, I enjoyed this, this lineup a lot. I think a lot of these girls, you know, several of them were underclassmen. And I think that, you know, beam is certainly something that the more you do it, the better you get. So I, I don't, I won't be surprised to see this, this beam team continue to be a force to be reckoned with. Cause I think a lot of them really seem to have a lot of confidence up there, which is, which is huge. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Well, the Cow Bears wrapped it up at their home meet on floor against Stanford, which at this point, they're definitely in the lead. They were doing really well. Stanford not having the best meet. Um, they started off, Cal started off on floor with Nevea again. I feel like we are definitely seeing, and I, I, I'm sure this has to do with the flu, um, but we're definitely seeing kind of the same names and faces, um, just kind of in a different order. Um, but Nevea goes slight chest down on her first pass on that double pipe. Really loved the floor music and the dance. Very nice second leap pass. Um, went one and a half to full. Ended with a front handspring, front full. Maybe a mess up. You could kind of tell the look on it. Well, of course, the way she landed and kind of the expectation of kind of knowing a college gymnast skill set. She should have done something out of that front full that seemed a little bit too easy to end with. Um, you can tell she maybe had a mess up. The commentator said something along those lines as well. Um, but, you know, she made it work. Like, kind of going back to Beam, she didn't react. She did what she had to do and, and just made it work. Um, so that was Nevea first up. We had Kiana. She had a front through to front handspring Rudy, which is a very unique, very cool first pass to see. She had a stunning switch ring to Torjate. Um, she ended with a front double full, front handspring front double to full, which I thought was very telling. Um, that's usually, that's an e-tumbling pass. And that's something you usually see someone open with. Um, and for her, for her to be, I know that was her second and her last pass, but for her to end with that, I thought was very, very impressive. Um, and kind of tells kind of athlete that she is being able to have that skill set um, towards the end of her routine. Then we had Maya up. She was a little short on her full end, but boy, can she dance. I thought her, especially the beginning of her routine, I thought was very unique, very sharp and aggressive. Um, a very, I wrote again, very unique and strong dance. Great front handspring Rudy as her second pass. And she ended with a one and a half to layout. Then we had Grace up. She had a front layout to a Rudy. She went front laid a full for her second, or to a full to a stab jump for her second pass, which was very pretty. Um, she's actually from Texas Dreams. So if you guys know, if you follow the elite crowd, you know, Texas Dreams, um, they are known for their choreography. They're known for their very unique dance um, floor routine. So you can see that in Grace. You can see that she's a great dancer. Um, she was a little short on her leap connection. Um, she ended with a one and a half to a half. And I wrote so excited for her, but she did forget to finish to the judge. Um, that's something I know my coaches at LSU would always make sure, like make sure you finish before you do your whole little I'm so excited. I'm going to scream and throw my arms around, like finish to the judge, because that is actually a deduction if you don't. So it, it kind of depends if the judge sees that or not, but um, Grace did not finish to the judge, but I was really excited for her um, just considering how far she's come in terms of injuries. Um, then we had Milan. She had aggressive, a very aggressive full in, but a little bit of a chest down and landing. I was obsessed with this routine. I thought it was like very aesthetically pleasing. I loved her music. I thought her dance was awesome. Um, a very solid one and a half to a full, and she ended with a very strong double tuck. I wrote again, wow, I loved that routine. 
So far, this choreography I was in love with. I thought it was so unique. It went with the music. It went with each girl. It was very intricate. It went with beats that, like, not just the basic beats you hear in the music, like, mostly. It was kind of the background beats, too. And then we ended with Rachel. I thought she was a little stiff on her dance. Um, she had a strong first pass, but a little bit short on her landing. Impressive two and a half for her second pass. Um, her, her leaps were pretty short, kind of small. Um, and then unfortunately we saw a fall on her last pass. You, I feel like maybe this is just, you know, being a gymnast myself and having felt this before, but you could kind of see in her face before her last pass, she was pretty, pretty tired, pretty, you know, worn out from the flu. Um, but she did have a fall on that last pass, unfortunately, but you know, Cal, Cal finished off strong. Um, they won the meet with a 197.325. So, I mean, if you can do that with half your team having the flu and recovering, like what kind of team you got there? Cause that's, that's quite impressive. This is a team that I was really impressed by and I felt like they would have had a really good run at postseason. And unfortunately they were the same way the year before. And they talked about that during the meet that they got knocked out of nationals with the new regional format. They were at a very tough regional. And even though they put up a really strong score, it wasn't enough. So Unfortunately, we haven't been able to see this team with this much talent on the national stage, but I think that this would have been one to watch out for. I think Cal and Alabama had really comparable teams this past season, and, and I think they would have garnered a lot of respect had we had a postseason. Yep. Well, now seems like the perfect time to bring in our guest, get a little insider information on this Cal gymnastics program. We have standout gymnast, Kiana George, who joins us now. Kiana, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. McKenna and I, on the past several episodes, we've been recapping some of the top 10 teams. And so this week we talked about Cal and we rewatched y'all's meet with Stanford from this past season. And girlfriend, you are stellar. You are so fun to watch. And you just, you compete with this composure, but you also have a spunk about you. And that's a really unique balance to find. Talk to me a little bit about how you kind of developed your competition style, because you're, you're not short on personality, but you also have that composure. How did you find that balance? Um, so this actually came from when I was really little. Um, I just had lots of fears um, growing up being in gymnastics. And I had two coaches. One was named Lisa and the other one was named Tiffany. And they both really focused on, um, they were just kind of saying that you are a different person when I compete. And so I kind of embraced this character of cayenne pepper, which is like. Oh, that's um, cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just embracing that and um so yeah, cayenne pepper is just someone that's not scared, just goes out and has fun and just does what she loves. That is adorable. That's I love awesome. that. I, I'm a gymnastics coach. I feel like I say that every single podcast and the listeners are probably like, we know you're a coach, Kiana, but just to like inform if you're a new listener and for you, Kiana, um, I'm a gymnastics coach. And so I love to hear creative things like that um, because that, that helped you, like you said, you, you you know, dealt with a lot of mental blocks and that helped you kind of develop that, that spunk, that persona to accomplish those things and move past that fear. But kind of talking about um, your spunk and your personality, I saw you before 
um, y'all's beam rotation. It, it seemed like you were hyping the team up and, and you were a junior this past year. Um, to yeah. me, it looks like you are one of the stronger leaders on the team. Not only are you one of those standout athletes that I, I can tell your, your team definitely counts on you to hit, um, but talk to us a little bit about your role as a leader on that team and kind of what the culture of Cal Gymnastics looks like. Mm -hmm. um, so my role on the team, my coaches always tell me that I'm definitely one that um, brings the energy or kind of like keeps the tempo in a sense, like I like to have fun during practice, but at the same time, I'm definitely one that kind of gives herself a time in the sense of we have beam for a 30 minute rotation. I'm going to try to finish beam in 15 minutes because yeah. that means I got five minutes to go get a snack and 10 minutes to go and do something else <laughs> before we have to rotate. Um, but yeah, I feel like um, just kind of like always keeping the energy and just smiling a lot, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the culture of our team has definitely changed in such a positive way. We've definitely come together closer as a team. And um, we've kind of realized that we all have our different strengths, hmm. um, realizing each other's weaknesses, um, being there for each other, especially um, now in this time that we're not able to really like see each other or train, um, just kind of like staying connected, doing Zoom calls or like all of us just like sending each other pictures or making TikToks. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That, that team unit and finding that chemistry is so important. And obviously it's, it's really being challenged during a time like this. So that's really cool to hear how, how you guys are getting creative. And I just, it, it's so interesting to me because obviously what happened at the end of this past season, you know, it, it put everyone on the same playing field. There was no team that didn't deal with this. You know what I mean? But yeah. even backing up another year, you guys had a tough end to season. You guys made it just short of that national championship. And, and really for just because you were at a very tough regional, I mean, it's not even like you guys had a bad meet. Y'all were right. just at a very tough regional, the new format. And so that's two years in a row that this program feels like you didn't really get to tap into the full potential or, or see it come to fruition. What has that been like for you as a leader of this team to feel like two consecutive years, the end of season feels like you didn't really get to prove yourself? How have you dealt with that? But how is it ultimately motivating this team into next season? Um, going back, um, to my sophomore year, yeah, at regionals, um, I feel like, yes, we didn't make it to nationals, but it was just something so overwhelming. Like, I could go back to that, and I still get chills, and I still want to, like, cry, like, <laughs> just, like, thinking about all the emotions that came along, and seeing everyone step up, and just be like, no, we can do this, like, we totally have the ability to go out there. And last year, um, what really changed for our team is we knew that we were great and that we could be one of the best teams. But what really stood out for me was definitely when we saw our scores and seeing that we were hitting consistent like 197s or high 196s. Yeah. And it was kind of crazy to think that we were like 
oh, snap, we were so close to hitting a 197. And it's kind of crazy to think, like, my freshman year, um, our goals just have gone, like, and our expectations of each other have just risen through yeah. the roof. And it's just amazing to see um, all of us just ready to go out there and do what we love to do. And I think you guys as a team, it was very evident that you kind of trusted the process of things and trusted each other. Um, kind of going forward, I, I'm not sure. I know it kind of different schools are doing different things. And I know not, not all of the incoming freshmen are in yet. But you guys obviously know who is going to be joining your team and who you're replacing and kind of what that's going to look like. So if you guys are to have a normal season and, and season pans out, hopefully that is the case. What are your expectations for the team? Um, including those incoming freshmen? Um, my expectations are definitely for everyone to kind of embrace and enjoy um, kind of every moment. I think now that we realize that the fact that our season can just be taken away just like that, mm. it kind of makes it like, it makes everyone want to just like work. Yeah. Um, work like, it's your last practice because you never know it's going to be your last really competition good. because you never know. Yeah. And um, yeah, just having everyone go out there and really push themselves. Um, I feel like what I really love and to see from my team is definitely kind of like we all push each other yeah. and the fact that I just want to see them go out there and do what they love to do and do what I see them do every day in the gym yeah. and it's just kind of like those magical moments I guess. No that's that's so true I think that's really good that you know you you guys do push each other and that's that's what's expected you know you, you're trying to as much as you're working together you do want to push each other for that next spot in lineup right that that's what that's what makes everyone get better. I liked what you said that you know everyone now kind of trains with this heightened intensity with the knowledge and you have experienced proof that season can be taken away at any point and I think up until now you know gymnasts to some degree felt that way because an injury can happen out of nowhere but you guys have literally seen very abrupt unexpected ends to the last two of your seasons so I am not at all surprised to hear that the mentality of this team is is a bit of a go-getter mentality. And I think that's going to bode well for you guys moving into next season. Well, Kiana, that is all that we have for you today. Thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us. And God willing, next season will be normal and we'll get to see you go out there and shine some more. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody, that will do it for us this week on Chalk Talk. As always, we thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you hit the subscribe button in the podcast app so that you get a notification every time we release an episode. Make sure you tell your gymnastics pals to make sure that they're listening along with us as well. Our assignment for next week for our meet of the week, it might be the last because we just said we were going to do the top 10. We'll, we'll think about it a little bit, but in case it is, you want to make sure that you join us. We are going to be talking about the number 10 team in the nation, 
Minnesota. So the meat that we have chosen is Minnesota versus Nebraska. You can find it on YouTube as always. And that was in February of 2020. It says go for classics in parentheses to help you find it on YouTube. So we are going to recap that one. So make sure you watch it and have your notes to compare to ours by the next episode. We hope everyone has a very happy, healthy, safe couple of weeks. We'll talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.